Door Guys 20, this is Davis. And Scott. What's going on, Scott? Nothing much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, okay. There's days, and then there are days, dude. I had to move my mother-in-law today, who's a hoarder, and so uh, I'm pretty weak over here, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got some fun text messages about that earlier, too, which was awesome. Uh, well, today we have some special guests. This is our 20th episode, and uh, not counting our holiday issues that we've done, but uh, we have uh, the two comedians that are at the Funny Bone this weekend with us. We've got John Reap and Mike Cronin with us today. Uh, hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? You got, you're got you surrounded by two ginger beard dudes. <laughs> I know. There's, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of red energy because uh, yeah, he's fellow over here is yeah, a little yeah. ginger, too. Got uh, ginger pubes and a ginger beard, but my, <laughs> my hair is gray. I think that counts. I like it. That's yeah. A, I like the term ginger, too. I, and the, there are like, bald guys will come up to me sometimes at the end of a show and go like, dude, I feel you with the ginger thing, man. I'm a ginger, too, but they're bald. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, nah, you are relieved of your ginger duties. <laughs> you are a transgender. I like that. Post, he's post-ginger. You've transformed yeah. into a bald guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I, we always ask comedians a couple questions, uh, nothing crazy, and uh, Davis usually has some pretty good follow-up questions. Um, so I'll start with you, John. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, I quit my last real job I had. It was in 1998. I was working at a TV station, so I quit that in October of 98 to just try it full-time as a feature back when you could do that. I don't think you can do that anymore. No, I think Corona's kind of... <laughs> no, I mean, hurt. even like work, I mean, it's, it's hard for feature acts to actually get steady gigs unless you know yeah. the headliner or you have some sort of relationship with a couple of clubs. But just to randomly get booked as a feature is very, very hard today. I mean, no, normally I bring a guy named Brent Blakeney who's like six feet seven inches tall, but he's in the <laughs> he's in the south, and they like I can't afford to fly him anywhere. So I was like, if you can drive to the gig, I got you. He's like, well, I'm not driving to Omaha from. North I don't Carolina. blame him. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a quite a drive. But 1998, yeah. Jeez. Okay. So, uh, one question I like to ask everybody is, do you remember the first joke you wrote? Yes. What, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. Uh, I think I, it was something along the, the lines of um, people were saying, like, yeah, I'm trying to grow a goatee. You know, I'm trying to grow, grow a goatee. I'm, and the word trying to me was hilarious. Like, what do you mean you're trying? Are you physically trying to push the hair out of your chin? Are you, going, Are you doing that kind of move? Tensing up real tight. So I, I would do that on stage. <laughs> uh, it lived about a week and a half. But it was the first one that I attempted, yes. That's uh, better than some we've heard. So Yeah, there's yeah. Been, some, <laughs> been some bad ones. Yeah. Um, so this, these kind of go hand in hand, these last couple questions, and uh, – I like to ask people if they remember their first time on stage. Yes, totally. Uh, was it Good Nights in Raleigh, North Carolina? And it was an open mic night. It was a Tuesday night. And there was maybe 30 people in the crowd. And I had a buddy, Marty, who was in the back. He was like my biggest fan. He laughed at everything I said. And when I told him I was going to do comedy, he got, all, he got all excited. And he came to the show. And he was in the back of the room with a camcorder. And uh, the MC, to this day, I don't know why. It makes me mad that he did this. When he introduced me, he told the crowd, it's his first time on stage, and I hated that. Like, I didn't want the crowd to know it was my first time, because that's like a big deal. Yeah. You know, and I don't want them to be nervous for me or to be mean. And, you know, and I, now I'm thinking about it. Now I'm out of my head. And, and uh, but he said, it's his first time on stage. And I ran up, and I ran on stage, and I was a big Chris Farley fan. I thought it'd be funny if I just fell down, right? And so I ran up there, and I just fell down. And to my own credit, it was a great fall. Yeah. Like, it looked really good. Real convincing? Yes. And that was the problem. It was too convincing. Oh. So the crowd wasn't laughing because it was, ha-ha, he fell down. They were like, oh, no, it's his first time. And he <laughs> fell down. <laughs> and I got up. I was like, no, I did it on per Shit! <laughs> and then I was mad, you know, about the guy who said that. So, And then I didn't know that you had to have the microphone right in your mouth. So oh. I was walk, talking like this. I'd do a joke over here, and then I come over like this, you know. So it was like hit or miss with the crowd, and um, the only real laughs that I got there was a couple when they could hear me. It would laugh occasionally at some things I did, but my buddy Marty was laughing at everything. And if you watch the tape now, you can see like, like I'll do a joke, and it kind of kind of laughs, but the camera shakes, and you hear Marty go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best because I had already tried those jokes out on him, and he's still laughing at it. I love this guy. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So we know, like, in the in the process, working at the club, we see guys as uh, hosts and then kind of make their way. Some of the guys are making their way into uh, being features, and then obviously you aspire to headline. Yeah. Um, in the, the growth of doing hosting gigs, uh, we know guys do gigs in all kinds of crazy spots. So where is the weirdest or craziest gig that you've done? Hmm. Well, let's see here. There's a, so many, you know. <laughs> uh, a random pool hall. I remember the first time outside of a stand-up uh, comedy club, you know, where it's like here, it's like this room is built for comedy. Like people come here, they know that there's curtains, there's carpet, the sound is perfect, everyone's focused right on the stage. It's built for comedy. But when you, the first time as a comedian, you perform outside of a comedy club, that's like a whole nother ball game, you know. And I performed at a pool hall on a Wednesday night or something. Um, it's the first time outside of a club, and I was with a comedian who knew that this was going to be a shitty gig, and uh, he wanted to show me the ropes or whatever. So we go to this pool hall, and we walk in, and we tell him, yeah, we, uh, we're the comedians that are here for the comedy night. And the guy's like, oh, hell, that's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't remember. <laughs> well, we informed him oh. <laughs> that we are the guy. Yeah, no, he didn't remember. So he's like, well, hell, hang on, let's see what I can do. And he grabs like a microphone and a, a, a amplifier and sticks it in a corner. And and then, the, you know, he told everybody like, all right, we've got to turn the game off. Everybody stop playing pool. Um, it's comedy night. So, <laughs> so it's like everyone's mad right away yeah. because they didn't who, sign up for a comedy. Right, who are these yeah. jerk offs? Yeah. <laughs> They had to stop throwing darts to listen to comedy. Yeah, they yeah. were, you know, it's like, stop having fun. Pay attention to these losers up here. They want to, they need your attention. And uh, it was horrible. And I did like 15 minutes and was like, just ready to get the hell out of there. But then the opposite of that, uh, performed at the Gator Growl. Have you ever heard of the Gator Growl? I've, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's like the world's not. largest pe pep rally. Um, the Florida Gators, um, you know, they do a big pep rally before their homecoming game and they, they do it uh, in the stadium, uh, so they make a stage in the end zone, and all these people gather around, and they're sitting in the stands. So it's like I perform stand-up. That's like the biggest, you know, the, the two extremes. Well, you know, comedy clubs is a safe zone. Theaters yeah. are great. Pool halls are not great, or football <laughs> fields, yeah. not great either, but it's still like 30,000 people in there. Yeah, I was going to say, did they, ha they had that pretty packed in there. Yeah, Holy it's cow. been going on. F like, Bob Hope was the first one to do it. Oh, really? They've been doing it that long. Oh, when wow. did you do it? I did it uh, when Tim Tebow's his last year, his senior oh, year. Oh, no My shit. brother was coaching there at that time. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he had to have been there. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, the, so they usually do a comedian or two comedians, and they have a, a band or a musical act. Mm -hmm. And, uh yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the band now, but but they're big. Uh, woo, woo! Who sings that song? Oh, I <laughs> the Friends theme song? No. I know I'm the oldest one in here now. Uh, fuck. You know, it'll come to me later as we're talking about something. The Steve but, Miller band? Steve Miller, thank yeah. you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so it was me and Steve Miller. Uh, but, I mean, this guy, this has been going on for years. Dave Chappelle's done it. Um, lots lots of comedians have done it. So That's um, awesome. Jim Gaffigan did a couple years before me, and I asked him, like, well, what can I expect? He goes, well, your first joke is kind of crucial, and uh, you're not going to get the laughs right away because it takes a while for the, for the laughter to come back at you. Oh, so you have the speed of sound is not, you know, so you have to kind of, you know, just bank on that first one working. So I did the first joke, and in my head I was going like, oh, please. And then you're like, one Mississippi. And I'm going, one Mississippi. And finally the laugh goes, ah. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so it's weird. Your timing's all messed up. Luckily, and there's no one on the field either that you're performing to. They're sitting in the stands. So, so you're just on a stage in the end zone. But there's no one in the, on, this, <laughs> on, the field. on the field because the field was manicured for the game the next day. So there, no one was allowed on the field. So you're not even playing. You can't even see the faces that you're performing for. So <laughs> what you do is you just there's a camera guy. Just look right at the camera like that's the crowd because you're, you're, your picture is on the big screen behind you. So, um, two polar opposites, but to answer your question, those are the weirdest places. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then, last question. Um, do you still get nervous to go up on stage? I know COVID has kind of changed a lot of things for people. Uh, a lot of people were out of practice for a while because everything was shut down for so long. But uh, we've got everything from guys that say they have no nerves going up and then other guys that pace around here still like yeah. it's their first time. So uh, Especially if you take a lot of time off. Yeah, definitely. 
COVID has messed everything up. So, like, I hadn't performed in months. And then the first gig back was in Tampa, Florida. And um, I was nervous because it's been a long time, you know. Just not, you know, it's like anything else. It's you need the reps, you know. So you practice your craft. Exactly. So I get there, and I'm thinking, well, I'll just cram, you know. I've done it my whole life. I've always kind of crammed last minute, studied last minute, and I just started listening to my stuff. And then uh, I got to the uh, club, and I was uh, thought, like, well, let me just write down some notes of how I want to do what bits I want to do, you know. Do I want to try anything new? And then I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm trying to write my set list, right? And I'm like, not only did I forget my, my bits, but I forgot what I called them. <laughs> like the titles that the it's titles even right of down, I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> and then I got really freaked out. And that first gig back was rough. And I told the crowd, like, I haven't done this in three months or two months, and it's going to be weird. So, and they're like, oh no, it's fine. We're already fans. We're supported. So that's that's a luxury that I have is that the people kind of come either way. They're just kind of like me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if you don't know, you know, the comedian, and you expect a lot, then that's going to be way more hard for those guys. But. And I was telling you, I was like, you know, if you see me go uh, at any point in my set, if you see me go, any questions? That, that means I don't know what I'm doing next. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm hoping someone will spark an improv moment. Nice. Yeah. All right, so we'll shoot it over to you, Mike. Um, same kind of question. So when did you start doing stand-up? Uh, 2006. 2006? Uh, yeah. Maybe five. Five. <laughs> so you've been doing it for a while. Yeah, about 15 years. Uh do you remember the first joke that you wrote? I do, yeah. It was, um, it was if Jesus came around today, people wouldn't be that impressed in him because he's a 30-something Jewish guy who still lives with his mom and <laughs> just hangs like out it. with his buddies. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. I do like that. Um, so kind of like what I asked him, uh, obviously in the Rise Up, you've probably done some gigs and some... <laughs> <laughs> kind of goofy places. Yeah. Um, so where's the craziest place that you've done a show? Uh, I have two also. One of them I did uh, stand up at an MS bike-a-thon. Oh. Uh, oh. Wow. So, <laughs> so people are biking 75 miles, and then I am at the finish line on stage performing for – Are you roasting them as they cross the finish line? No, I'm just doing my, my material, and it's not going well. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a hundred yards, like you were saying, there's a hundred yards between us and where the closest person is. So there's no feedback. There's no reaction right. to how you're doing. And uh, there's also a giant generator right next to it that's powering the whole stage. <laughs> and that's all I can hear while I'm on stage. I can oh barely my hear myself talk. <laughs> so I get off stage and uh, just bomb for 15 minutes. And, and I'm talking about the generator with my friend. I'm like, this is all I heard on stage while a band is playing now. And as I'm saying that, uh, the generator runs out of gas and dies, and all their instruments stop at once, and they turn around, and they just see me, like, poking the generator. <laughs> Sabotage. Yeah. That's funny that when you mentioned that, it reminded me of another weird gig that I did. Yeah. I had to perform for the Wheelchair Athletes of America. <laughs> it's a true story. And... Uh, they, you know, I used to come on stage. I used to be way more physical. I used to dance a lot. I used to make fun of dancing by dancing. Yeah. And so I'd go up with these weird random dances. And, uh, you know, this was like the club just said, yeah, they need a comic. We'll get you, John, your high energy. And I'm up there, and I'm dancing my ass off. <laughs> and I look around, I just see people who can't oh, dance. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a bad idea, <laughs> you know. I did, I did get a standing O. <laughs> but I did remind me when you were saying that it's like yeah. anytime you're performing at a, at a you know something where there's a you know handicapped people you know it's kind of you know I had a, I did one for a fundraiser too for Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease it's always weird when they try to go from like we're here for uh, you know uh, Becky who was um, two years old little girl and they're being serious and all that stuff and there's the parents over here and She's yeah, got they got a slideshow behind you. Slideshow. Like, <laughs> like, dying. Everyone's crying. And they go, like, okay. Now tell us jokes. No, no, yeah. let's get the comedian up here. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> How do you compete with that energy? It's yeah. horrible. And then the other one I did was I did stand-up in a strip club in West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> we know someone else who's done stand-up in a strip club. That, <laughs> we that got there. very and, strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be a thing. I yeah. Mean, a lot. Uh-huh. It was... Uh, 
it was in the middle of West Virginia, and it was back in the days when it was like MapQuest directions. I didn't even have GPS. Mm. Yeah. So I printed them out. I was I got lost, and I went to a gas station, and they go, uh, "Oh yeah, that place. It's like up. You go up this road into the mountains uh, for about a half an hour. Look like you'll be lost, but it, it'll be in the middle of the woods. And we show up, and it's called uh, Club Venus." But the V fell off the sign, so it just said Club Enos. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends are like, did you, is this a male or female strip club? And I was like, I didn't even ask. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but I got booed off this. It was a female strip club. I got booed off the stage immediately. Oh, so when did you have to do sets, like in between the, the stripping? Like it was like yeah, halftime it was like show kind of? It was a stripper's <laughs> birthday, so we did sets to open the night up. Oh, gotcha. But it was the same thing we were talking about with, like, the the bar uh, pool hall that nobody signed up for this. People went to the strip club to see strippers, <laughs> see strippers. and <laughs> then they see my ass on stage, and uh, some guy at one point just yelled, get the hell off the stage, I want to see some tits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the club, the, those guys think it's a good idea to do that. Like, yeah. why would, I would never book yeah. a comedian in front of a stripper. It doesn't seem like a good but idea. How do you go from, <laughs> hot, you know, you're wanting a, you know, a lap dance and you got a boner and a bunch of singles, but, but first I want to laugh really hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> before, before I listen to Cherry Pie by Warren, I want to see comedy. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, so how did your first, like, do you remember your first time on stage and how'd that first set go? Um, yeah, I remember it. I did, uh, I was in a TV and film comedy class at Ohio University, and the final was to either write a paper or do stand-up, and I did stand-up for the whole class, about 150 people, and I bombed the whole time, except for <laughs> one riff, which was funny because we we spent months, once we found out, we were, once we like signed up to do the stand-up, we spent three months writing jokes and like meeting weekly and going over our jokes and like making sure they were polished. And then the funny, the biggest laugh I got was just on a riff I had in the middle of my cigarette. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So those are my just basic questions that I like to ask all the com- comedians. And then Davis usually has some follow-up questions. Or I something. Come, uh, he has the serious <laughs> questions. I usually have strange ones, which you're mm-hmm. about to find out. Nice. And, uh, the first one, I it's the weirdest one I've ever asked. I uh, thought of it in the shower the other day and didn't know that you guys are going to be on here, so here you Great. go. <laughs> so, like, uh, Draculas don't have blood in their throughout their body, right? Um, so how do they get boners? Because they are <laughs> cocksmiths. They're always out there, you know, so how do they get boners? <laughs> well, we don't know if they're cocksmiths. Yeah. Unless well, we've seen some Dracula vampire porn. But in regular Dra- Dracula vampire movies, we don't see insertion unless it's this is true. This going is into point. the neck. <laughs> and I think they have blood in their bodies because when you cut their arm off or stuff, they're they still bleed. bleeding. Yeah, it's just yeah, maybe it's just a different kind of blood. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, these are all good points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for helping great me. Question. With, yeah, yeah, great thank question. Thank you for helping me yes, out with that. Yes, <laughs> I got a question for you guys. I yeah. used to be a door guy, and what's the weirdest thing? You had to kick someone out for it. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so me personally, it was the first weekend that I worked in the club. Uh, it was TJ Miller that whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, bigger shows when the room is full, it's 310 maybe in the room. Yeah. Uh, we post somebody up by the stage just in case somebody's going to be stupid. And uh, as the new guy, that's usually where he went. And uh, dude ran up on stage with smelling salts and tried to put them in his face and so I had to run up behind, you know, as the guy got up. I mean, he was at a table right next to the stage. So he was right up the steps. Yeah. I grabbed him off the stage, and then he threw the smelling salts into the crowd, thought it was the funniest thing ever. So we kick him out, and then uh, the smelling salts ended up in our kitchen, and all the kids are back there like, oh, let me smell them, let me smell them. They're <laughs> freaking out because they're idiots back there. <laughs> but, wow, that's yeah. so weird, smelling salts. That's yeah. what you do to, like, someone to wake them up after they've been knocked out. Yeah, and yeah. We have, he had no excuse as to why he did it. Oh, wow. He just did it. And he's just carrying around smelling salts? Yeah. I wasn't here for that one. He just thought he was going to be funny, I guess. I don't know. That was probably the weirdest one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What about uh, you? My weirdest one is not, I didn't actually kick the person out. They got kicked out. When he came in, he was drunk. It was a younger kid, and he went behind the bar. So already we were like, okay, keep an eye on this guy. And, and I, I think it was a Joey Diaz show because uh, he got kicked out, like, right away, and he was out there and uh, yelling about, uh, I listened to his podcast, I'm a huge fan, you can't kick me out, like, freaking out. 
Uh, Daisy, one of the managers here, was talking to him, uh, getting pissed at him. And I'm just kind of standing there is what I usually do. I just kind of stand in the background. I don't want to get in a fight or anything, but I'm a bigger dude. If something goes down, I'm there to kind of, yeah. you know, put it. He starts doing the thing from that old movie, Half Bake, and it's like, fuck you to everyone. And then he gets to me where I'm just standing with the, and he's like, you're fucking cool. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, no, get the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> well, that's funny. Uh, we had a lady uh, just, what, two weekends ago who was hammered. We had to kick her out, oh. uh, maybe three. Uh, it was a John Chris show, and she had no idea that he was a religious comedian, and he said something that set her off. So we take her out into the hallway, and her boyfriend or whoever the guy is that she's with is telling us how she had more money than God. She was going to buy all of the Village Point shopping plaza just to shut us down. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was. She was not a religious lady. That, that was her problem. Right. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Usually yeah. goes so the other weird. way around. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I've never yeah, heard he the was. reverse of that <laughs> yeah. before. I love it. It's hilarious. Oh, and she was just, they were just gems. They were yeah. great people. <laughs> wow. We did. The strangest one of the club that I know of is uh, just sitting like right down here. Um, there was a blind guy for Untamed Shrews, and we've told this on the podcast before, but he uh, was yelling out during the show, and uh, the head door guy here, Vinny, went down and told him to be quiet, and he wouldn't, so then he kicked him out, and this and he was blind, so he's he really... D- he was trying to act like he didn't know what was going on. Well, when they were helping him up, he, like, threw himself Ugh. and then started, like, a huge scene to where, like, the cops had to come oh and the Village Point security, and they had him out in the bar area, and he bit one of the security guards oh, on the leg. And his wife the whole time's like, he's blind. I don't even know what's going on there. And we're like, he's the one freaking out. Yeah. When they were taking him out of here, I guess he was, like, throwing his body into the oh, walls and shit. shit, like, really, like, causing a huge scene. Oh, my God. That's crazy. But that's probably the craziest one at this this club that uh, that I've heard of or I, I was actually out of town I'm usually out of town when the crazy shit yeah. happens which is fucking pisses me off but it's <laughs> also good that I'm not here for it it should be a reality show at these places the funny bones need a reality show that would be awesome you, know? you could do I mean just have all just have a bunch of cameras in here and let people know when they walk in you're being filmed and <laughs> yeah and uh because the, the, these stories I'm sure are endless oh, not oh, just yeah. here but they, every yes. fu- funny bone across the country you know yeah, I had a lady one time. I was doing a show in Vegas, and uh, I was doing a thing where I, I like to sing karaoke songs, and I'm messing around. And it was, luckily, this was towards the end of my set, and um, there was this one girl that was laughing at odd moments during this, the whole set. Right, and I was like, something's wrong with her, you know, if she's <laughs> drunk or what it is. And in between jokes, I kind of look over and I notice, oh, she's she's special needs, right? For real, there's something you know mentally wrong with her. Um, she's probably 20-something when she's with her family or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I just have to ignore that. I can't really go after that, you know what I mean? So I'm doing my karaoke bed or whatever, and I'm singing a song, <laughs> and I see her get up, and she's walking towards the stage. And her family tried to grab her, like, Lisa, no, no, no. Oh, oh. And then she, like, got away. And now she's loose, and she's <laughs> coming towards the stage because she wants to sing with me. Oh. And I just let it happen. I just handed her the microphone, and, she, you know, she sang. It was weird and not good, and, and, it, and it, but it brought the house down. And oh, yeah. I, and I, grabbed, I said, thank you. And I said, that's how you end a show. Thank you. Good night. And I, I just let her close. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't follow that. No. no. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so what else? Did you have any I other? Have, I have one more question. Uh, where's the strangest place either of you have pooped? <laughs> Now, a little backstory on this is I used to be a biorecovery technician, so I cleaned up crime scenes and hoarder houses and Mm -hmm. meth labs and all that stuff. So uh, in that, sometimes you have to find interesting places to relieve yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see here. Camping trips, bathroom. I mean, it's the woods. Right. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think of something really, really bizarre. I mean, your pants. You know, that's never good. Yeah. yeah. That was my craziest. My pants yeah. on a golf course. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, yeah. it was terrible. I had to ditch the underwear in yeah. one of those, the see-through trash can and <laughs> fucking hole five. That's the only move you got, really, is just get rid of the underwear yeah. and hope for the best, right? clean yeah. up the best you can. When there's no restroom anywhere, I mean, there's a porta potty like a couple holes down, but it's fucking I was at a, I was in college, I was at a crowded college bar, and there were hot chicks everywhere. And it was one of those nasty college bathrooms. 
you know, where it's just dudes piss oh, yeah. all over the floor and there's beer <laughs> everywhere. And it's just really nasty. <laughs> and, and I felt the urge coming on. I'm like, and there's a line to get in and there's no stall to poop. There's just a toilet, you know, yeah. so you can't even have any privacy. And, and I was trying to fight it off and it came, it came out a little bit in my pants. And, <laughs> and I just uh, I ghosted my friends. I just left. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Um, Mine, I was, uh, it was back when I was single, and I, I went over to this girl's house, and we were making out, and then she's like, let's go upstairs, and uh, I was like, yeah, I just got to go pee real quick, and as I went to pee, I was like, oh, I got to shit right now. Yeah. So I tried to force out, like, a, a shit as fast as possible to make it look like a pee, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, like, wipe and get upstairs, and I, uh, we had sex, I fell asleep, I woke up the next day, Oh no! and I realized that I had not wiped well enough oh, and left <laughs> just a streak. Where was the streak? Just right where my butt was. It was just in like, right, straight, right on like her crack. Sheets. Yeah. Uh, in the bed, not her in face. In the bed. Okay. In the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of yeah. here. So, <laughs> so I throw, the, oh, so I throw the sheet over it. Like she went to the bathroom. I throw the sheet over it. And then I'm putting my clothes on as fast as I can. I was like, oh, I got to go. I got this thing. And. And she had a puppy at the time, and the puppy got under the sheets and was licking. <laughs> oh, no. So is this a girl you were dating? or just No, a, no. Oh, good. So you could just yeah. you don't have to see her the next It was day. a girl I was like, we were kind of uh, like fuck buddies for a while uh. until then. And then I was like, well, it's over. That's great. <laughs> Cut your so losses. Wait, and you, you didn't take, you left the sheets there. You just covered yeah, up yeah. a different sheet or whatever. Yeah, they were her sheets. The best. Was yeah. So she yeah. definitely saw. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, I have uh, a, some buddies of mine were uh, taking a road trip to the beach, and they uh, <clears throat> they had a designated driver, and they had a business like caravan. And they, they were going to, in the back, gamble and drink the whole time, play cards all the way down to the beach. And they were like, well, if we do that, we're going to have to stop and pee like every 10 minutes. So what are we going to do? Well, they stopped to pee, and um, one of my friends goes in and he grabs a, a, a bag of Depends. Oh. And it comes out like, guys, they make this for a reason. So we'll have we'll put the depends on, and we can just pee in the depends, and we don't have to stop so much. We can just keep get there quicker. And he said it as a joke, but then when you're drinking, eventually someone's going to give me one oh, of yeah. them things, you know, you know. So so they did, and uh, <laughs> they put the depends on, and it became a thing. We had a depends night poker party uh, after <laughs> that, and the first one to get up to actually use the bathroom would lose their chips. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so you had to sit there. And then uh, it's weird trying to force yourself to pee in your pants. I mean, your brain is yeah, really, like, triggered not to do that. And so you have to really – you got to go really bad for it to happen. And uh, it, they, I say they work pretty good. They keep you dry for that first load at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. There's That's something good to look to forward know. to, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I have a – question for you john so in looking you guys up oh, back with more questions yeah just, well this, oh, is, right. this is kind of off the <laughs> That's uh, what we do off the normal yeah. stuff uh so looking at your backstory you know trying to learn more about you uh i did see that on i think it's wikipedia you're listed as an adult film star from the 90s yes which made me laugh pretty <laughs> yeah, good i just put that in there <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but also uh that you were arrested for dancing in the end zone at the uh, inaugural panthers game yes so uh, my, I think I've heard you tell the story before, but my question is, uh, in there it says that you received like a, a package afterwards, like a care package. Yes. What what what, would they, what did they well, send you? Well, okay, so um, I'll do. I got a. I didn't get arrested. I just got kicked out. Okay. So uh, the mascot of the Carolina Panthers had seen me dancing in the in the crowd or whatever, and so he invited he he decided to invite me onto the field to dance with him. So I go to the field. I start dancing. The cops don't see the invitation. You know, and they we we learned together that day that the mascot Sir Purr doesn't have the authority to invite people onto the field. <laughs> yeah. you know, we were new to the NFL. Everyone was, even the mascot. He didn't know the rules, and so I got kicked out. And there's a big video of it. And then uh, when they kick you out, right? They're the cops that are. They, this was uh, they played their home games in Clemson, not Charlotte, before their stadium was built. So they didn't have a whole lot of stuff. They had this little tent out there where the cops were to interrogate you, I guess, whatever. So they're asking these questions like, what are you doing here? Why, you know, I'm like, well, I like the Panthers, I guess. That's, you know, I don't know what you mean. But they get your information and they go like, so like a couple of weeks goes by. And I, I guess the, uh, 
whoever the uh, owner of the Panthers or somebody saw that it was not my fault, that I actually did get invited onto the field by the mascot, and they realized they screwed up. And I, I guess in an effort for me not to possibly be litigious and do something with the lawsuit, which I didn't even think of, uh, they decided to give me a bunch of free crap in the mail. So they had my address from the information I gave them, and, they, and I just got a bunch of crap. I got like a sipper bottle, a coffee mug, a keychain, <laughs> and bumper stickers, all the Panthers memorabilia you could think of. And they made Sir Purr write an apology letter. Sir Purr is the name of the mascot of the Carolina yeah. Panthers. So they, he wrote me an apology letter, and uh, I, I did frame it. I had it uh, on the wall of my house for a long time. I actually signed Sir Purr. Like, I didn't know who the guy was yeah. in the <laughs> outfit for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that happened uh, right before I started doing stand-up, and that's kind of what made me think that I could do it. I'm like, I just made you know, 60-some thousand people laugh without saying a word. Maybe I should put some words to this and see what happens. Did they send a picture of him, like, thoughtfully writing with an oversized <laughs> pencil? <laughs> <laughs> right, with a feather, and he keeps clawing at the feather because he gets distracted. <laughs> now, he, uh, I, I met the guy. His name is Tommy Donovan. And then I randomly, over the years, I would talk about this story. And there's video out there if you want to see it. It's on YouTube. Just look up John Reap, uh, Sir Purr, Panther Game. It's the first one. And so uh, over the years, I've talked about, like, how I, I would say I don't know who the guy is. Like, I don't even know who was in the outfit. And then um, I put it like a like an all-points bulletin. I'm looking for you, sir, purr. <laughs> and uh, he contacted me, and now we're, we're, we're buddies. His name is Tommy. He's, uh, he does real estate. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> I opened for Tommy Domigan at a Tommy couple Donovan. of funny buns. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's great. Yeah. And then, Mike, I got one for you. So um, <laughs> so I've heard the story told on uh, Tom Segura's podcast about Joey Diaz <laughs> giving yeah. you an edible and uh, just train wrecking you. Um, but, uh, yeah, how, how, uh, how was that experience? <laughs> uh, it was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, – uh, we went to meet up with Joey. He was at the Miami Improv, and he had been telling Tom all week, I got this edible for you. And he said it was a cookie, and we get there, and he's like, oh, I ate all those, but I got these pills in my bag over there. Why don't you grab one of those? So he opens up this, and Tom's looking at it, and he said, this has 1,000 milligrams on it. I need 10. And he's like, oh, that's, that's the whole bottle. He's like, each pill is 10. And, and Tom is like, Joey, I need you to know that if you give me more than 10, I'm going to lose my mind. And he's like, here, give me the bottle. So he takes four in his hand and takes them directly. And took four. Took four. And That's he's, 40 milligrams if I'm doing the math yeah, right. Yes. Okay. But what he didn't tell us is that they were 100 milligrams each. So, oh, so he took 400. He took 400 four, milligrams. Holy shit. Before he was about to go on stage. That's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. What happened? He destroyed. It was the hardest I've ever seen anyone kill. And I guess Tommy later was like, how did that he's like how were you and he's like oh i was having a panic attack the whole time <laughs> but so tom starts melting down in the club his sister's there and she's like very high fat she's like oh my god i gotta get all this and it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a very good impression and tom is just like at one point he's like trying to nod and follow along with her and then he just looks over at me like wide-eyed like we got to get out of here <laughs> oh, man. and him and and joey um were taking his private jet home that night and then i was staying in the hotel that they got for us to hang out in all day. So I'm in downtown Miami, the nicest hotel room I've ever been. It's like three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Yeah. There's three balconies. Crazy. And I'm just like, and I, it, it had yet to hit me. Like I was a little bit high, but I was still like, wow, I guess Tom's a lightweight. Cause we still at this point didn't realize what he gave us. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like FaceTiming my friends. Like, look at this sick place I'm in. And then, an hour goes by and I'd start getting higher and higher. And then I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm going to puke. And then it was like, Oh, you can't throw up in this place. This is the most expensive <laughs> hotel you've ever been in. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to charge Tom a thousand dollars. He's never going to bring you on the road again. So then I was just had like, I was just shaking, rocking back and forth in the bed. Like, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw <laughs> oh, up. Don't throw up. Yeah. And then in the middle of that, just out of nowhere, I was like, don't throw up, don't throw up, and don't jump off the balcony. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> so, then I was, so then I was like, 
uh, it was that level of high where like you've always been this high, you're always going to be this high, you're, you're always going to jump off back. the balcony. Right. What you're was the pill? Do we know what the pill was? It was a hundred milligrams of weed plus hash, I think. Oh, okay. hash oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like they're like little oil pills, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they kind of look like a fish oil pill. Yeah. He likes to share when he comes into town. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it does. It looks like a fish oil pill. Okay, is what yeah. It looks like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I slept that night in the nicest hotel I've ever been in, just hugging the toilet. <laughs> So I didn't throw up in the bed, but also so I didn't jump off the balcony. And then, <laughs> and my parents live in Florida, so I had to drive the next day higher than I've ever been, four hours from Miami to where they live, and just white-knuckling it the whole time. And as soon as I got there, my mom had made, like, my favorite dinner. She made ribs, and I just ate very quietly, staring at my plate. And then I was like, <laughs> I got to go to bed. And then, oh, wow. Yeah. So it lasted a good... It lasted three days. Oh my god! Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, it was wow. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> I've eaten edibles before, where I've woken up the next day and still been pretty high. But mm-hmm. I, three days—that's yeah, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. But I had a flashback afterwards. Was, as soon as he gave me the pill, and I, he saw me take it and swallow it, Joey, he's like talking to Tom, and then he sees me do that, and he's like. <laughs> and just laughs right in my face. <laughs> he knew. And in that moment, right. I was like, "Well, that was weird." Yeah. And <laughs> I would tell, that's why I don't like edibles because it's it's a long trip if you're not yeah. you don't know what you're doing and mm-hmm. how much is in there. You know. I feel like, I like uh, a nice little vape pen. Yeah. The right amount uh, for me with edibles is like the best way to get high, yeah. but, yeah, you, but it's here. finding that it, but right you amount. Gotta, but you, right. It's the process it, well, yeah. of learning what that is. And I feel like every edible is different, you know, like yeah. <laughs> right. so, Jamie makes it or you buy it at a store. Like it's going to be different every time. So it's really hard to find that. Yeah. Uh, well, like I've figured out that 50 milligrams is my, that's my perfect level. That's where I need to be. Mm. Yeah. This guy, uh, <laughs> two podcasts ago, ate about, uh, after the show about, 200 milligrams and doesn't remember most. a couple of weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, doesn't doesn't limit, remember a few things. <laughs> my had, limit's like five normally. Yeah. Like 10 if I. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a pretty big pothead, so my tolerance is high. But this, it was a, a Sunday after the podcast. We had a local comedian on, and I had to call him on like Wednesday because I opened my little thing of edibles, and there was like four left. And I was like, did we take more than one? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you were like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You were just handing them out. You want another gummy? And he's like, we ate like four or five. I'm like, oh, no, they're like 50 milligrams a piece. I was like, no wonder I don't remember anything. <laughs> Fun times. First and last time I did mushrooms was in Amsterdam. But oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it was great because it was legal, you know. Yeah. And me and three of my buddies were like, oh, let's, let's try mushrooms. None of us have done it. Let's this is a place to do it. We're in Amsterdam. I mean, we can Hell do yeah. weed anywhere. Let's try mushrooms. And so we walked up to a guy who sold them legally, and we said, we'd like to try mushrooms. We've never done it before. How many mushrooms do we need? And, well, he's a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he wants to sell as many mushrooms as possible. He goes, well, all four of you need your own box of mushrooms. A box? Yeah. Oh, my it's God. Like it's like a little bit twice the size of like a ring box. Okay. You know? And you open it up. I'm talking there's probably five stems, five caps in each box. And I've never done them before. <laughs> and so we all ate that amount. And that was a crazy trip. And you did them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ate all of them. And the first thing I want to do is shit. Because yeah. it's I've poison. Heard, You're yeah. eating poison. Yep. Your body wants it out. Yes. So you either want to puke or poop. And I was like, we were all looking for a place to poop. In Amsterdam, I'm like, I don't want to come over here and shit in this country like this. I mean, these are nice people. And then, then I started, then it's like it started raining and we're all freaking out. And my friends thought I was a wood nymph and I had to belong in the woods and they were going to leave me there because I, I got this red, I look like a Keebler elf or something. They were going to keep me there. It was crazy, but I had, it's the hardest I've laughed though, because I had a comedian friend who was like on a different weird trip. And I mean, there's so many funny things that happen. It's the hardest I've laughed on. On any drug. But I've not done it since then. It oh. was like in 90... No, that would have been 2001 or two, probably. It's a one and done. Yeah. I do. I mean, I would do it again. I just haven't had the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like you got to be with the right people. Yes, yeah. abs- absolutely. In the right situation. Absolutely. It's not something camping's wanna, usually fun yeah, to camping's do. Good. Yeah, camping's awesome to do it. I did it uh, a couple years... Uh, probably like four years ago to another door guy here. Got married in St. Louis at his parents' house. And so I ate mushrooms... 
I was a uh, usher at the wedding, <laughs> and uh, it was at his parents' house, and the craziest part was I was having a great time, but no one knew me, and so people would come to the door and, like, knock on the door, and I'd open it for them, and I'd be, like, happy, like, welcome to the wedding, like, tripping my ass, and everyone's face would, like, not be happy, uh-huh. because they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> right. And so, like, I'd immediately get sad every time I open the door, like, oh, man, like, everyone <laughs> fucking hates me. <laughs> And then the other weird thing was there was a, I guess it's not weird, but there was a, like a balcony where a lot of the girls were standing and they had dresses on. And I'm just like looking, my uh, wife was up there and everything. And then after a while I noticed, cause this other guy over here and he was the one being a pervert as I look up is you could see up their dresses. And I, <laughs> because I was tripping, I didn't notice that for a while. And I was like, oh shit. And then they were, cause I noticed because people started turning around looking down at us. Right. I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> you're all just looking up. Yeah, I was just like, oh, hey, there's my, there's my wife. I'm like, oh, shit, there's everyone's underwear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, John, you have a podcast, uh, the Country-ish Podcast. Yes. Uh, obviously, we're new to this, but how long have you been doing that? Uh, this podcast, I've started and stopped a lot along the yeah. way. Uh, me and John Heffern have one, too, called Heffern and Reap. But we've started and stopped that one many times as well. Yeah. So it can be it can be frustrating sometimes, you know. But this one I'm very happy with and proud of and have been doing it. We're on episode 61, I believe. Oh, nice. We do one every Friday. Um, and we've got segments. We have small town news that we do. I get residual checks. This just happened. I get residual checks from different things I've done in terms of acting over the years. And um, I don't know what they're for. Like these checks just come in the mail. And so we made a game out of it. And the game is called How Much Is That Screen Actress Guild Residual Check? It's like the longest <laughs> title of any game. But I have people I like call it. in and I say, uh, give me your guess. I'll, I'll, like, I'll open the check, the envelope, and I'll say, okay, this is for one episode of uh, Tig Notaro's show One Mississippi on Amazon Prime. I was in one episode. Right? <laughs> How much is this check? And people start giving the guess. The closest ones to the amount wins the game. And if you get it exactly right, I'll give you the check. Oh, and we did that shit. for a long time. But I recently discovered, well, the checks are so small, you know, because uh, if you haven't done it immediately and time goes on, just the smaller the checks get. So I'm like, I, I think I'm just going to say everyone's going to win the check. Like someone's going to win the check yeah. every episode. And I screwed up because the last one we just did, it just came out yesterday. Guy called in, and it was for that, uh, Tignataro's One Mississippi. And I'm used to these checks being $13, $8, This one was $902.30, oh, and I had to give it away because I, I set it on the show. Oh, shit. So call into the Country-ish podcast, and uh, maybe you'll get one of my Screen Actors Guild residual checks. You become rich. Yeah. yeah. That was very disappointing when I opened it. When I opened it, I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And it was the first time I said, new rules, someone's going to win no matter what. Because yeah. before that, it was just closest one wins the game, but you don't get the check unless you get it exactly right. And, like, and the first time you did that, it was the $900. $902. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's fun. I've got celebrities on there. Alan Jackson is on there. Not the country singer, just a friend of mine named Alan Jackson. <laughs> good, good guy. John Stamos's brother, Marcus Stamos. But, uh, and we're number two, according to the World Podcasting Federation, which is a website that I made up. And, yeah. Uh, it turns out you can do that on the internet. You can just buy a website and name it something and give yourself a number. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We should look into that. Yeah. yeah, after the show, can you rate us on there? Like sure. five, maybe? Yeah. We're not greedy. We're like number 10. two, by the way. We're number two. I didn't give myself number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, be, we'll take ten. Yeah, sure. <laughs> top 10 anything is still good. Because what will happen is people will type in, what's the top five podcast? And if you have something called top five podcast, it'll, it'll pop it'll up. It'll pop up, yeah. And, and then That's people smart, believe it. They dude. don't even That's question it. That's super smart, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. I Googled uh, Mike because I didn't, I've seen you before. I love your stand-up, but I didn't know that much about you. And right away, what came up, it said you're an American musician. <laughs> and oh, your yeah. name is Sp- Michael. Oh. Yes, Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. M I K A L. It's your picture by by it too. Really? But yeah, but as you scroll down, it goes into this other guy's picture that's a musician. <laughs> um, and Mike, you also have a podcast. Or a pod, pod, I was trying a pod, to read chap? a <laughs> podcast yeah. called Mr. Cheeks. Yeah. Um, and what do you guys do on that show? Uh, me and my friend, we it's like a sketch podcast we play two former male dancers from the worst strip club in the country <laughs> nice. and we're now in witness protection program and uh we start every episode saying where we are so we have to be moved 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we end every episode with an in memoriam of former dancers that died in crazy ways. <laughs> That's, this I'm might a, be my new favorite podcast. Yeah. I never listened to. That <laughs> Mr. Awesome. Cheeks, that's awesome. Yeah, so I've gotten really big into like the story podcast. There's some mm-hmm. really good ones out there. I mean, uh, there was one called Blackout that had uh, Remy Malik was one of the voices in it, and I mean, it it went for. I think they're working on a second season now, but you know, COVID shuts everything down. Yeah. That's one saving grace of you know doing a podcast is. I mean, you can do it whenever. You know, yeah. You, yeah. you can do them remote. You don't have to be mm-hmm. in the same room even, so. Yeah, it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. That's what I love about it, too. And, I mean, uh, did, have you guys heard Shit Town? Yes, I've yes, heard of I that. I haven't heard Shit Town. That's great, dude. It's great. It's yeah. I think they're going to make a movie out of that one. Really? It's, yeah. It's, it's The characters are so good. I mean, it's basically a documentary, just audio documentary. Right, right. About this crazy thing that happened in this shitty town. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. And there's another one, a really good one about Dolly Parton. Oh, it's yeah. not oh, from really? Dolly Parton. It's from a guy who um, his dad was a doctor, and he treated Dolly Parton uh, for after she had a, like a car wreck or something, mm-hmm. and they became friends that way. So it's through his eyes, and yeah. he grew up in Tennessee next to Dollywood, but was not a fan, just didn't care about her. And it, 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 at the end of it, you know, he's a big fan. Well, that's crazy. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. I love that one. I yeah. forgot the name of it. Something with Dolly in it. Dolly. I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> that will Part- definitely go on my list. Dolly Parton's America, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Dolly Parton's America. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I mean, she's in it, but it's yeah. through his point of view and it starts with uh, his story. Pretty good. It's good. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. mo- mostly country ish is what you need to check. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. Everyone yeah. needs to check and that out. And then Mr. Cheeks after yeah. that. Yes. Mr. Cheeks, yes. country ish. That's right. All right. Well, we're at uh, like 46 minutes, but we're going to have to start wrapping up because uh, we're in a time crunch. These guys have to be on stage. Uh, We're going to open the doors in about a half hour uh, for their six o'clock show. We have two sold out shows tonight. And this comes out Monday. So if you didn't get here this weekend, you (laughs) fucked up and missed out. Two funny dudes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, are we going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do do the Cheeto challenge thing. Normally, I play music to the back of it, but you can't even... Hear it because I record them and put them up on Instagram. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. The rules are is you got to stuff as many puffs in your mouth that you can. It can be halfway in. Uh, and then uh, I have trash bags when you're done if you want to spit them out. And uh, we kind of count them here. Um, a couple things. Do you want to go one at a time or do you want to do them both at the same time? One uh, at a time? We do one at a time. Okay. So, okay, a couple things. I'm a ginger. This is going <laughs> to blend into the beard real well. <laughs> won't even, I won't even have to really wash my mouth or clean it. Um, and I got a tiny mouth like I can't dentists hate me I can't open it that wide so I'm not I'm not going to do well at this I'm guessing three or four but we'll see how many I I can get Um, all right so just one at a time yeah one at a time they don't have to be all the way in they can kind of yeah as long as they're about like halfway in that's all we care about kind of hook it yeah yeah well you got the first two in (laughs) (laughs) going either side of the mouth smart smart Build a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's number three. Okay. Wow, these are really going to fall here. Yeah. They're, they're a lot bigger than you would yeah. anticipate. Uh, uh-huh. That's the thing that everybody four. says going Four, you just tied the uh, lowest count that <laughs> we've had. <laughs> okay. Yep. There's five. 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 That's good. <clears throat> He's... <laughs> Don't don't show. Yeah, that's that's five. five. I like it. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Clap for that. (laughs) All right. I feel like if you had Fritos, I could get more in. Oh yeah, definitely. Or crunchy Cheetos. Fit a lot of crunchy Cheetos Cheetos in there. So now we got Mike Cronin. All right. It's going right side with the first one. Easy for him. Yeah. (laughs) There's two. You got. You can beat five easily. He's, yeah, he's, there's no rhyme or reason. He's just going right in. He's real gentle with him. Oh, like he it. pushed like all, it. Oh, it's all the way in the mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got room in the back of that thing, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the key. <laughs> you got to go to the back. You got to go in the back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, I that's didn't four. do that. I think this is five right here. He's on five, and he's got room to spare. Look at oh, this yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, six. 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 He doesn't, there's no gag reflex. I don't see any kind of... <laughs> Uh-oh. Issues whatsoever. Well, that's uh, that's what Scott says. How he can fit fifteen is he has no gag. Fifteen? You got fifteen? I got fifteen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What is he on here? What count? Uh, this we would at? be eight. Number eight. No, can uh-huh. he get to a second bag? Is what <laughs> I, <wanna know. laughs> I think he called it. Yeah, he's he's tapped yeah. out. How many's in the bag? 
That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> well, there you go. No one's touched your record, I guess. No. no. Well, uh, a couple people came. His, his original one was 11. Ooh. Is that correct? Yeah. And we had a local comedian that tied him. And I went, we used we used to start, we started doing this podcast at my house. I have a little studio set up there and we had a big dry erase board that we had the leaderboard on. And so I erased his name and, and put the new comedian's name first and his second. <laughs> that really made him mad. So then he came fire. back and got 15 and he gets really uh, anxious and pretty uh, <laughs> perturbed when people get close to his record. You have to have them. They have to be intact. You can't chew them and dissolve no, them right, and put them right. in there. Because I could do the whole bag that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, other than I mean, that's. Uh, I wish we had more time with you guys, but uh, we can uh, call it a wrap here. You guys got the Cheeto Challenge done, and we'll have that. You guys have any future dates coming up here? This will come out uh, Monday. Monday. Yeah, I'll be in Naples, Florida, uh, next weekend. Whatever the date that is. Uh, like the second yeah. or something like that, yeah. second and third. Then I'm going to Columbus, Ohio, Funny Bone, after that for Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, nice. And then, uh, I think Memphis, then Dallas, and then it's fuzzy after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Uh, I'll be at the St. Louis Funny Bone, or, sorry, St. Louis Helium, uh, March 18th through 20th. And I think that's all I have right now. Perfect. Well, yeah. we'll uh, we'll check out your guys' podcast. Um and uh, social media, you guys, I know, I know you're at Bone Snake Three. Yep, <laughs> Bone oh, Snake yeah. Three, That's the best name. <laughs> <laughs> and then John, what, uh, what's your social? media? Everything is just at John Reap, J O N R E E P, John Reap. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this with us. It's been a blast. Can we have the uh, the fake Michael Cronin take us out with the music? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. to take us out, we're gonna we're gonna. And this with the uh, fake Michael Cronin. I like it. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming, thanks. guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I'm so little in the middle of a raging storm. Is it settled in the center like I've always heard so? It's so funny being lonely in the pouring rain. Yeah, like a movie, it's a scene.